You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. Converge Media, an Emmy award-winning platform, as you can see, our nice trophy here that mm-hmm. resides now at our studios here. I wanted to thank Big O personally because, I mean, it's the big reason why we're here. Uh, I started the as a modest man, so we've got got our trophy here. It was uh, an incredible night to be a part of. I mean, here, Bell and I uh, and everybody that works with us, whether it's, you know, Matt, Matt's here, uh, Little O, uh, now Ike, Ike's here with us uh, doing this show, you know, just to be a, a small part of something as big as an Emmy, you know, all the greatness that converges, not, not only just an Emmy, right, the Governor's Award, which is the highest honor, the highest honor that you can receive there is, is incredible to think about. And uh, just just so, you know, if you hadn't seen it on our socials or the Converge socials or anything, you know, uh, we've got this. So we're, you know, that's kind of the main team, I'd say, because always been, Little O has been with me since we were doing the podcast. Obviously, Bell joining, then the man himself, Big O there. But not only that, I haven't said his <laughs> name yet, but our guy, Salman, the guy behind the camera, the guy that helps us look good and everything and all that. I wouldn't say I look good, but gets us all pretty looking for production, makes us all look nice and crisp. Look at this nice look at him all studious nice and this crisp. guy all in crisp i mean wanted to give everybody their flowers because this is it's a big deal and so for us to be a part of something like that is incredible and we look forward to getting our own one you know yeah so we'll, we'll work on that but you know with that being said i wanted to kick off the show with that uh and now we will head straight into our news for this past week the first week of june getting things kicked off sort of approaching summer technically it's not summer but when i think of the month of like june it. it's summer to me mm-hmm. so We'll head right into our Seahawks news. Uh, Bill, what do we got going on? Uh, not too much. Just one thing in regard to team notes. Uh, the Hawks have signed number nine overall pick Charles Cross to a four-year $21.384 million rookie contract. Um, Cross is the last top 10 pick of this year's draft class to sign. So congrats to Charles Cross. Um, and then I'm going to hand it back off to you for the beginning of some league news here. Yeah, we, yeah. like Bell said, I mean, not much going on in Seahawks. Uh, I mean, they're going over, uh, I think it's voluntary mini camp, so it's not like you have to be there. I think anybody that's healthy uh, has been there in attendance for that, so that's good to see. Mm-hmm. We'll like to see the participation. Would prefer to not have to worry about anybody's contract, holding out, that kind of thing. Um, and we'll get to what's happening next and upcoming. But in league-related news, uh, Deshaun Watson Uh, The issues around him continue. On the 31st of the month, Watson is now facing a 23rd civil suit uh, alleging sexual misconduct. On the 2nd of June, Watson was allegedly offering uh, $100,000 settlement figure to each of the 22 women, now 23, that filed civil lawsuits against him in the spring of last year. On the 3rd, Watson's agent would go on the radio to defend his client, stating that making someone uncomfortable is not a crime. Also speaking about happy endings, which... Uh, you know, for lack of better wording, is ridiculous and just downright, I'd say, moronic to go on anywhere and say. Um, and then on the fifth, another lawsuit against Watson making it 24, uh, alleging uh, a graphic encounter during a massage in August of 2020. Now, obviously, these are uncomfortable things to talk about, but considering that this is league news, we want to be able to provide you with what's going on in real time around the league and keep you updated with these things because obviously, this is someone that's still in the league. Mm-hmm. I personally do not think he should still be in the league. Um, but we obviously have to see the legal system play itself out and uh, keep you updated on that as that news continues to break. So uh, with that being said, just going to move it over here to the first of the month uh, Congress calling on uh, Snyder and Dan Goodell. Snyder and Roger Goodell here 
continuing with the Washington football team and the issues there. Uh, both will testify later this month on the 22nd uh, during a hearing for the House's investigation into Washington's hostile workplace culture. So more stuff around the league. Uh, and I guess a little bit of a happier note with Frank Gore here. Do you want to look at Frank Gore? Yeah, Frank Gore officially retires. The longtime 49ers running back and number three overall rusher in NFL history will sign a one-day contract to retire with the 49ers. So congratulations to him. A lot of and... bad memories of him tearing up the Seahawks. It's terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, number three overall rusher, someone who's played some of the most games in NFL history, that's an accomplishment in and of its own. It is. Um, just happy that, the, you know, uh, for a while his, his heyday with the 49ers is done and didn't have to worry about the Seahawks playing against him. That was... He was a guy to play against. That was tough. Satisfying career for him, for sure. Oh, so yeah. we uh, wish him all the best in the future here and whatever he chooses to do next. Um, on the second, Ryan Fitzpatrick has also announced his retirement. He has officially hung up his cleats. Uh, the longtime journeyman quarterback retires after 17 seasons in which he played for nine different teams. So again, congratulations and good luck with the future here. On the sixth, the Broncos officially sold for $4.5 billion dollars um walmart air rob walton's winning bid for the broncos will be the most expensive sell of any sports franchise and that is that's wild it's Here. a hefty it's a hefty chunk of change <laughs> i don't know i just don't necessarily view denver as that rich of a franchise, franchise? when you yeah. think about stuff like that you think like the, the lakers or the yankees some of the most you know Big names recognizable logos and franchises in the world let alone you know or like barcelona stuff mm -hmm. like that uh, that's that's pretty hefty hefty fee. Um, I wonder if the Russell move had anything to do with valuing. Probably them helped there. it. Yeah. Probably helped. Yeah. yeah. And as we move on here, all we have to look forward to, which is what we've had. Actually, Chuck has another piece of news here, so I'll hand it off to you. Just for relates some to the NFC West. Yeah, right as we're going here, Aaron Donald has reworked his deal, so he will not be retiring. I know that somebody looked at yeah. after the Super Bowl. He reworks his deal, getting a $40 million raise, which is a nice raise. I'd like that. Uh, making him the highest non-paid quarterback in NFL history. So it seems like we'll have to continue to deal with Aaron Donald here for years to come, unfortunately. Yeah. But yes, as you're saying, uh, late July NFL training camp kicks off. That's when uh, you and I should really look at some of these things like roster cuts. Mm -hmm. And we'll finally get to maybe a decision about a quarterback. But that's something that we'll have to see in the latter part of the month here. So we will head over to the Mariners here who had a, well, I'd say it was a generally positive uh, past week, right? Uh, as we head over here to look at their series three game set against the Baltimore Orioles uh, starting on the 31st of the month, the 10 nothing win. I mean, that's Always. coming out yeah. and taking care of business, right? Um, player of the game, kind of interesting, right fielder slash center fielder as he moved. During the game, Taylor Trammell, Taylor going three for four with a run and four RBIs. On the first, not not as positive. <laughs> a two to nine loss. So it's like, hey, did you score too many runs in the day before? Uh, player of the game, shortstop JP Crawford <clears throat> going one for four with a run and an RBI. So it's like, okay, what do we talk about all the time in winning series? So it's like, okay, you can drop one of these games, but you have to come back the next day, take care of business and flush that out. It was a close one, but they did pull it out. A 7-6 to six win, play of the game, catcher Luis Torrens going 3-5 for five with a run and two RBI. So nice to see Luis get a three-hit day. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what we talk about, right? That's what you, I say it all the time, <clears throat> is winning these series is... Series? 
series. Series? Series works. <laughs> but it's just important that you continue that. And they did that. You know, obviously the 2-9 loss is frustrating in the moment and you don't like to have to do that. But at the end of the day, winning more than losing is just kind of how these things work. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you continue your road trip down to Texas. You play the Rangers for three games as well. Uh, starting off that series with a 4-3 to three win. You're going to hear this guy's name a little bit uh, today. <laughs> Player of the game for that thir June 3rd win down in Texas. Third baseman Eugenio Suarez going one for three with a run and three RBIs. So nice there. I think he had a three-run homer uh, to give the Mariners the lead late. Uh, I think it was that I game. Th I think that was the game-winning hit that he had, wasn't oh, it? Oh, on the top yeah. of the ninth. Yeah. And then June 4th at the Rangers, just similar to that um, Orioles series, losing that one two, two yeah. to three. Yeah. Uh, player of the game, left fielder Jesse Winker going one for two with a run, two RBIs, two RBIs and two walks. Winker having a two-run homer late as well. So <clears throat> late magic didn't work there. And then on the fifth, just just like the Orioles series, mm -hmm. coming back to win that one, but this one in 10 innings, so making it dramatic. Uh, a 6-5 to five win on the fifth. Player of the game, third baseman Eugenio Suarez. Again, going three for four with a run, four RBIs, and one walk with another, I believe it was a two-run shot. Uh, yes. on the top of the ninth yes so i mean someone that i think uh amongst a group of guys that we talked about you know just needing better plate appearances has been playing relatively better uh in the last what week or so maybe two and the with that being said because of that performance because of those games in texas you know you look at it we'll just look at this right in those six games you go four for six that's that's doable that's acceptable right. i would say and then we go to our consummate player of the week because we agreed heavily on this one. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, do you want to, what, what did you see from him this past week? Obviously those. The uh, game winner for sure. Yep. And then getting Julio and JP across as well mm. in that third game. That double. That That's was right. really nice. That's right. There you go. Good call yeah. on that. Absolutely. Um, and this is a guy, remember the news broke while we were here. This was a news, yeah, this was a piece yeah. that we were recording and we found out about that trade in the moment. And I know that it was regarded that Eugenio was just like a throw-in piece. He was mm -hmm. a guy with a decently solid contract that had to be thrown in. Um, and, I mean, he's been producing. I mean, both, I think, him and Jesse Winker have been really working themselves back into it. Uh, but I think he's, he's pulling his weight at the moment. You know. Yeah, it was interesting to see him once again be able to come in, uh, no pressure, right? Um, and then just like seal a game for them. And yeah, that was a very exciting one. So super happy that Eugenio stepped into that role and to see him just be successful. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the success of this team going forward, you want to be able to look at, I want to be able to look at this roster compare it to, you know, who mostly played last year for us. Mm -hmm. so he was mostly going to play this year and say, at these different positions, are you better than last year? Third base, I mean, we all have Kyle, Kyle Seeger, and I'm not like some people on some radio networks. I'm not wishing downfall on Kyle Seeger, um, but you want to be able to be better at third base, right? Yeah. And Eugenio has been pretty solid defensively. He's had a couple errors, but over the course of 162 games, you're going to have a couple of those, right? Um, but this WRC Plus... And just having better plate appearances as we look back here uh, to the graphic with the 364 batting average over the past six games, pretty solid. 
So just to see that value, to see that improvement is something that I think is a step in the right direction. If you really want to improve and find yourself back in a playoff race, even a week from now, right? Because I believe you're five games out from the wild card spot, the last mm-hmm. wild card spot. Yeah. And that last wild card spot is held by someone you're going to play this upcoming week. So we'll get to that. But that team is 500. So it's not setting the bar super high. Mm-hmm. It's achievable is what I'm saying. So we look at that player of the week too. Hey, Eugenio, tip of the cap there. Uh, we look over towards team news and sort of roster related stuff, which features some stuff that's kind of difficult. Um, on the first of the month, Kyle Lewis was placed on the seven day injured list, excuse me, for a concussion that he sustained at the end of the month, uh, retroactively from May 29th. So he's good to go basically at any time now. It's just whenever he stops dealing with that concussion. Yeah. Which, I thought I know, read he was still experiencing symptoms kind of. So, yeah. yeah. So still, still working on that. Uh, Abraham Toro. I called him Abe and that got some comments. I, I don't really? know. Abraham Abe. That feels like a shoe in, right? No, I feel like yeah. that's kind of hand in hand. I don't know. Like not so good. Like people didn't like it. No, <laughs> there's like, Oh, it's Abraham. I'm like, Abraham, Abe, come on. No, it's right there. I feel like it's, yeah. I feel like that's permissible. Um, but uh, Abe Toro was reinstated from the 10-day injured lift list with a left shoulder sprain, so he would come back. Uh, and then uh, the Mariners would send infielder Luis Chevalier to the Reds as a player to be named later in that Riley O'Brien trade when O'Brien came to Seattle. Uh, on the third, Julio Rodriguez won the AL Rookie of the Month for the month of May, so excited to see that for Julio. Uh, just some of these rankings, I mean, where he sits amongst rookies. First in hits with 34 for the month of May, WRC plus of 156, which he was first in, tied for first in homers and stolen bases with six and five respectively. Uh, Second in RBIs with 17 and fourth in batting average with 309. Uh, And you asked me if I thought he was going to win rookie of the year. And I think if he continues this pace, yeah, he's on track. I I think he's a shoe-in. But that's obviously, as we just said, 162 games, a lot of things can happen. Uh, you know, guys can get hot, guys can get cold. Mm-hmm. Um, first American League player with 50-plus hits and 15-plus stolen bases over his fifty career first 50 career games since Ichiro back in 2001, which yeah. is good company. I mean, do you have any – obviously, everybody I in the city. That covers it. He's so exciting to watch. And, yeah, I just – Every time he goes up to bat, I get excited. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's, at this point, it's the whole J Rod show thing. It's 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 fitting. It's well. a show. Yeah. yeah, it's a show to watch him play up there, and you know, it's good to have guys like that to make this ball club exciting because it's nice to have guys that produce. But when you guys guys that produce and are exciting and they're fun to watch, it just adds more of an element to turning on the TV, to going to the game, right, to cover the games even. So, no, I. It's, I think that's fitting and excited to see if he continues that pace. Yeah. Because I think if you start to keep these racking up, it's going to be a shoe in. But obviously, we have a lot of season to play. Um, On the fourth, the team acquired left-handed pitcher Ryan Barucki via trade with the Toronto Blue Jays. The Mariners sent over infielder Tyler Keenan uh, in response to the uh, acquisition of Barucki. And then uh, another response uh, move, the team designated infielder Mike Ford for assignment. So... Best of luck to you, Mike. Uh, in league-related news, on the second, a rival coach uh, thinks that Juan Soto should leave the Washington Nationals. A coach mm-hmm. of a rival team blasts the Nationals, saying, get Soto out of there. He has to be miserable. Um, just just to address this really quickly, I know that there are some parts of the Mariners fan base that think we should trade for Juan Soto, but 
that would require a guy like Noel V. Marte, probably a George Kirby. Uh, some no. people have thrown Julio in there. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it just does not make sense to sell your, your youth for a guy. I get it. Juan Soto is great. He is really young. He's a great ball player, but you don't sacrifice that much for one guy. No. It just does not make sense. It would not. No. I throw that out. So just, just to address that in case there was any wonders about that. On the third, the Philadelphia Phillies fired Joe Girardi. The Philadelphia Phillies part ways with their manager amid a 22-29 and 29 start uh, to the season, and bench coach Rob Thompson will take over in the interim. Kind of interesting there. Uh, Girardi's obviously got some, some, some success in the MLB, uh, but interesting to see a manager get fired at this point in the season. Uh, on June 5th, not on the same page, several Tampa Bay Rays players opted out of showing support mm-hmm. for the LGBTQ plus community by not sporting special hats with rainbow logos and sleeve decals, citing faith. Now, I used this word earlier, but this is ridiculous and moronic. I mean, it's I, not I don't much think, to ask no. for you to wear a couple things as part of your outfit in sport. So. No, and it's not like you're wearing. I know that especially with Happy Pride Month, by the way, mm-hmm. with that being said, that it, it gets tiring seeing the rainbow splash everywhere. It's not like you're wearing a jersey that's just the rainbow. Yeah. This is a sleeve decal small portion. and a hat you wear for, yeah. So that was just ridiculous and obviously a big shame on the Rays for that because that's just, for lack of a better word, that's ridiculous and moronic. Um, so with that being said, we'll continue here looking over to what's upcoming for the Mariners uh, as they have a 24-30 and 30 record at this current time, fourth in the American League West. They can continue to move up, but they've, they've got some uh, heavy hitters. Hard in road their way. ahead, yeah. <laughs> So they continue on the road with a three-game set starting tonight against the Houston Astros. The first game is on the 6th and 7th at 5 10, 5 10? 5 10 p.m. Pacific time, and then June 8th, a 3.40 p.m. start before a travel day on the 9th, and then returning home to play those Boston Red Sox that sit in the last wildcard spot, starting a homestand June 10th through 12th. June 10th and 11th are 7, 10 p.m. starts. June 12th, 1, 10 p.m. start. And we'll be on hand for that. But obviously, you know, games like this are really important for you to... You're playing a team that's in a playoff spot ahead of you. All that matters, you have to win these games. You have to win. I'm not saying you need a sweep. You need to win the series, though. Yeah. Going into that third Texas Rangers game, um, I thought of what you said last week. And it was just keep winning series. That's all that matters. And so, you yeah. You get blown out in game two or even game three, but it just, or game one, just win two of them, win yeah. two of the three, move on, be out with it. Um, yeah. That's all. That's it. That's it. That's what, a, if we're setting a goal for this ball club, win the Boston series, well, win these next two, because you're playing the top team in the division <laughs> and then you're playing a team in a wildcard spot. So, with that being said, Belle, let's uh, head over to Stormland. Yeah, it's kind of stormy in Stormland oh this God. week. So, unfortunately, we spoke about a four-game win streak um, last week, and that was broken this week with two storm losses. On the third, they lost to the Dallas Wings. That was a 51-68, to and there are player of the game for that game is forward Brianna Stewart with 27 points, eight rebounds, one assist, three steals, and four four blocks. And that was the Commissioner's Cup game. On the fifth, they played the Connecticut Sun, and that was a loss, 86 to 93. It looked kind of like the Storm had a commanding lead there in the beginning, and Connecticut just, um, there was one of the quotes that I heard one of the announcers say that they were trying to keep up with the Joneses, and it was um, Jones that really brought them back into the game. So our player of the game for that day is Ezzy Magbegor with 19 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, and three blocks. 
stuff and in the stat sheet. Yeah, she did really well. So this was her first game back from health and safety. Health and safety. Yeah. Do you want to look back at these two? I mean, obviously, unfortunately, couldn't be there for those two. Yeah, but but you were. I mean, I like I said, you it summed looked that like Connecticut had, game up pretty yeah, well. But yeah. I mean, Dallas. I mean, were you able to get any of that? What did you see from that Dallas loss? I actually, unfortunately, did not get okay. to see that one. So um, that I was, will ask you, was that just kind of a blowout win throughout the whole See, you look at that quarters? score, right? And that's a 17-point difference. Yeah. Uh, this was a game, and it was kind of similar with Connecticut here, where Seattle came out and they uh, – well, Dallas, Dallas came out hot. Dallas looked ready. They were just able to play really good defense. I mean, the Storm, you hold the team to 68. That's good. But you only score 51. Right. It just seemed like any time the Storm would get anything going, Dallas would answer with a, with a three. And when you've got the guards and Marina Mabry and uh, Arike Ogunbowale, you can't really afford to just give, give up the ball a lot. And it was a lot of – Seattle got two transition points. Two points in uh, in transition. And that was uh, Mercedes's first game back, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And it was, yeah, that was just a game where Dallas is a young team that's got a lot of talent. They're going to be good for years to come. And you just never really found your footing, you know, and you're still playing without a full lineup in that game. Connecticut comes to town, and this is a Connecticut team that came into the game 8-3. and three, So they're already second best team record-wise in the WNBA behind Vegas. And you, you get everybody back, which is good. But you're still playing a team that has last year's MVP and John Quill Jones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of talent, Alyssa Thomas has been playing really well. She leads them in a lot of categories. Uh, she didn't score a lot, but she had, I think she had double-digit rebounds and assists. So, you know, making her present felt. Brianna Jones off the bench, scored 21, John Aquila 25. Uh, like I said to you before we started here, Seattle had 40 points in the paint, which is good. You know, this is a team that primarily gets a lot of points from beyond the arc. Um, and they really weren't hitting this game. They haven't been hit, They haven't found that three-point stride yet. Right. This season. Sue Bird came back and she was doing all right. She had 17 points. Um, but anyway, to get back to that point about points in the paint, uh, Connecticut had 40 as well. That's what I so was going to ask. Your yeah. match there. Uh, this was another game, too, where Seattle had a lead early on as he scored the first eight points. Uh, Seattle had a lead a half, barely, though. Seattle was a 13 point lead at one point in the first half. The Sun went on a 12 to 2 run to end the half, and then you're up by one point. Like okay, wow, that disappeared quickly. And the third quickly. quarter was kind of similar, wasn't it? Where they had they created a lead, and then all of a sudden it was gone. Yep, they had a ten point lead at some point, and then we yeah, we went into the fourth quarter up by six, and then four minutes into that fourth quarter, you're down by eight. You say what what happened? Yeah, and they never recovered from that. What was the turnaround? What did you notice? The Joneses just started dominating inside. Yeah. They, that is a really big lineup. Alyssa Thomas, they, they are without their, stars, their starting point guard, Jasmine Thomas, who's out with an ACL uh, injury. And so they've got a forward playing guard. So you've got a big lineup. <laughs> and you're playing again. I mean, we love, obviously, we love having Sue Bird and Drew Lloyd, but they're, what, 5'9 and 5'10? Yeah. So you've got a big lineup out there that's able to dominate inside. Someone like John Cole Jones, who's a veteran who won MVP last year, was just able to, they were able to have their way. And so the defense looked different than it has all season, right? We've, that was the big point for us uh, for a few weeks here was the defense is what's going to get the storm going. And their offense lagged behind to an extent. And you get this. You, know, you lose to a good team, though. Yeah, a team that was competing for a championship last season. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it had a lot of, yeah, John Quill Jones winning MVP. That's all, you know. 
Uh, I expect them to be good again this year. This was a good test for you. But like Sue Bird said in the post-game press conference, this is a time for you now to, you've got the whole group, and just build. Just build from yeah. now. Obviously, you know, you look over the eight games, you would have liked to come out of that eight-game homestand uh, with a better record than you had. But it doesn't matter. You've got until, what, August in the regular season to get things sorted out. Just go from here. Just build. You played a good team. You lose. You're going to lose games. So... I didn't keep track of Ezzy's fouls as she was receiving them, but she did foul out, right? Yeah, towards um, the very, very end. Okay, so it, was, it wasn't it was like a ton of fouls at no, once? No, yeah, okay. they were kind okay. of stretched out, okay. and it just eventually happened. They, was they dominated the paint. affected her or like made her play more timid? Probably, yeah, that probably affected it. And when you're playing two great big women, it's yeah. you're going to think about that. So, yeah, I'd say that factored in. But that it's it was a tough week, but at the end of the day, if we're able to be looking at this team in August and they're hitting their stride, games like this won't necessarily matter that much. And they certainly can. So um, moving on to some injury news here, as we said, the injury report for the third against Dallas, Ezzy and Zubird were both out on health and safety protocol um, on the fourth it was a clean report, no injuries. And then, of course, on the second, it was announced that Mercedes Russell would be cleared to come back to the lineup. So she was back for that July 3rd game against Dallas. And the, in return, the Storm did have to release Kayla Davis from that hardship contract. Um, on the fourth, Sue Bird and Ezzy came back from health and safety. And so Kiana Williams was released from her hardship contract. Um, the Storm now sit at a 5-5 five and five record. Their standing is third in the Western Conference, fifth in uh, the Western Conference for Commissioner's Cup. And looking ahead, we have June 7th against the Atlanta Dream. That's the last home game of the eight-game stretch here at home. And that's a 7 p.m. start on June 10th. Play the Dallas Wings at 5 p.m. And that is another Commissioner's Cup game. And then... The 12th, they return, they're in Dallas once again. Um, and that is a 1 p.m. game. Yeah. So you go on the road and you get to hopefully exact some revenge against this Dallas team, playing them twice, twice <laughs> in a span of a few days. But yeah, I mean, the end of that homestand is coming up and we'll, I'm sure we'll do a little thing where we look back at that. Yeah. Uh, but it might be a critical point in the season. It might be where you figure things out, but I'd rather you figure things out now than in july or late july yeah right so with that being said normally this is where we look at our sounders but they're in the international break so there's nothing for us to really look back at at the current moment outside of the fact that uh we have some little league news uh the u.s men's national team called on lawmakers the men's national team wrote a letter to congress pleading for action against guns uh stating oh here's a quote from it our ability to affect change is limited, but yours is not. So it's cool to see, it, especially on the national team stage, mm -hmm. that this is being called for. Definitely. Um, and obviously with, with what I'm wearing today, you know, the Storm had their wear orange uh, sort of uh, campaign over the last two games. Um, and obviously, you know, us doing that is great, but we have to continue to push uh, for those in the actual positions of power mm -hmm. to do something mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, just hoping and wishing stuff's going to happen doesn't Too actually much, yeah. can't manifest that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, Sanders, not much going on. Uh, kind of, I'm curious. So they had a good past few games against Minnesota at home uh, against Charlotte. 
Do you think having that break when you're trying to hit your stride might hurt them going into their next game against Vancouver? Is that, or am I fabricating something here? No, I think it could go either way. Like they could, they could have had this time to really mesh and practice and figure some things out, or it can just completely ruin the momentum that they had. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're in rhythm, right. I don't know about you, but I like to keep going. I like Mm -hmm. to keep going while the iron's hot. So that'll be interesting. I mean, it's a Cascadia matchup coming up, and those are always really... I always love those because at least being there for those games, the ECS always has uh, built a bonfire, which is a great chant. It's just always a really good atmosphere when you're playing. Rivalry games are always great. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's why I really look forward to these things. So next week, the Sounders welcome the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, to Seattle for a June 14th matchup with a 7.30 p.m. start time. That game actually got rescheduled from its previous start time uh, when the Sounders were going on their CCL run. Um, so that'll be important. They sit at a five-win, six-loss, one-draw record at 11th now, actually, in the Western Conference. Ooh. They moved back, so but they're still within striking distance. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that being said, there's no Kraken. No Kraken. We're skipping there's, our Kraken again. There's just nothing going on. <laughs> it's quiet. It's been too quiet. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You'd have to. I mean, there was that piece of news we had the other week where they signed a top skater from i believe it was sweden Mm -hmm. but that's about it um i mean it's looking ahead we still got the draft in july and i think uh as we get into june here we can start looking at who they might take with that fourth overall pick but outside of actual news we got nothing um so we head over to the rain here bell why don't you you know normally bell is the kraken leader close out the with the seawolves here but i'll take it (laughs) oh well i mean (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so we'll head over to our rain here, who played on the 4th of June at Chicago at the Red Stars for the first time this season. Unfortunately, losing that game 0-1. to one. Player of the game, defender Alana Cook. Alana is, you know, we have to talk about Fallon a lot, right, yes. and how great she is in goal. Yes. But Alana is another part of that great defense, uh, recording a 7.8 rating in 90 minutes played, two clearances, four interceptions, and 14 recoveries. This was a game that was... It was like a lot of the games that the Reign have played this past season mm-hmm. where this past season, this season where there's been a lot of opportunities created. Uh, you played really good. De- I mean, one goal could be worse, right? But you weren't able to convert anything. Right. And then you had a slip up early in the second. This the, the Chicago's goal was scored in the 47th minute. So it wasn't a late winner. It was something that happened right after half. But and it was could a have responded to. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunate. Um, but like with our storm, right, I would rather you have these issues now and figure that out later and be that team that goes into playoffs hot than start hot. Like the, like the Sounders last year started really hot and then just falter and lose in round one. So, or even (laughs) storm did that too last year where they started really hot, won commissioner's cup, and then just could not do anything else. Um, so uh, the injury report for that June 4th game against Chicago, uh, Megan Arpino is again out with a back injury. Uh, she should be good to go for next week, but also interesting to note for the injury report, midfielder Jess Fishlock was out with a leg injury. Now, this was not good to see. Feels like Jess hardly ever misses a game. She won MVP last year, the league. So to have, and I, I, I've told you guys about this before, Jess Fishlock is the heartbeat of this team. She is the train that continues to just chug along here and pushes this whole club forward. 
Um, so to have her out, I'm sure was a factor tough, yeah. in that. So, uh, from what Laura Harvey said in the post game press conference is that both of these two should be back next game Good. Uh, against San Diego and San Diego continues to be at the top of the league in record. So you're going to need it. Right. But tough one against Chicago, flush it, move forward. Right. So no team related news, no league related news. Uh, the rain today, a two win two draw, a two loss, pardon me, three draw record. They will play June 12th at the San Diego Wave with a 2 p.m. start time. Uh, that one, like I said, the Rain are playing the team with the best record in the league, an expansion team with Alex Morgan. They're playing them on the road in the regular season for the first time all season. Uh, should be a good test. I'm not really going to shake in my boots about it because I know how much talent this team has. Um, but at the end of the day, Talent doesn't matter if you can execute. So right. with that being said, we have uh, some exciting developments yeah. over here with the Seawolves. I think we should look at team news before I we go over game notes that. just because of how much it impacts it. Because last week we had a little slide. They're not going to make the playoffs. It was a good season. Things, and then there was a turn escalated. of events. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how'd that go? On June 3rd, it was announced that due to Austin violating league rules, rules the Gilgronies were stripped of their playoff spot. Seattle had a chance once again for a playoff spot, but that all depended on the June 5th against the Guiltinis, which they won 35 to 27. And there were some things that they had to hit in order yes. to get that playoff so chance. They, I, I needed to get this correctly because I'm, I, I was texting <laughs> my buddy who was a lot more up to date on these rugby rules. So Seattle needed to win, which is mm-hmm. outright, or draw. Or if they lost, they needed to hit four tries. So at the end of the day, oh, wow. I'm a guy who, if I know that I need to hit certain requirements, regardless of what happens, I just do it, right? They got the four tries. So even if they had lost this matchup against LA, LA, the reigning champions in MLR, and before this, the Seawolves had not beaten LA ever wow. in their existence. So this was a, you're playing on the road, you know, in the, in the LA Heat uh, against a team that has already secured with Austin being out now. Um, the technically they're the, the highest seed in the Western Conference. It seems like some things are going against you, right? Uh, regardless of that, the Seawolves were able to come out. It was a tough game. It was a hard-fought game. It was close throughout, and they were able to pull that out. They won. So they got the two standing points, and with a win, you're in. It was a win-you're-in situation, and they won. Uh, this, I, Like I was telling Bell the day that we found out about the Austin news, this is like, hey, you're back in it. It does yeah. not matter. I'm, I'm one of those guys where if there's a chance like for something like this, I don't care what happened. Obviously, we're going to find out what it is, and we'll keep you updated on that, which there is no official word yet. I mean, that was on the third, and we're on the sixth now. You kind of That's think interesting. Austin was the number one seed in the Western Conference before that, mm-hmm. and they got stripped. Um, I'm sure we're not the only ones that are curious to know what went well, on Austin here. fans were pissed oh, because sure. <laughs> you got no explanation. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that, obviously, but to see it, and this this is the thing. The first two years of the MLR of Major League Rugby as a, as a league, Seattle was not supposed to win it all. They won it all. So you're coming into this, you're playing with house money, and you're back in it, you're underdogs, like you were the first two years. You're playing with house money. Yeah. This is, I think you've got nothing to lose here. You don't. Like we said last season, last season, last week, as we put this nice little thing up. See, last week we used that for the, now it's, it's got rain. Yeah. It's smiling for a reason. You're playing with house money. It doesn't matter. You know, I would, like I said last week, I consider this season a success 
because the last two years in the COVID season, you went what, like one and four, and then the season got cut off. And then the last year, you went four and 12. So to come back and be, you're going to be at least 500 for sure, because last week you were eight and seven, now you're nine and seven. Mm-hmm. To do that, to have, they had a great turnaround, all se- turnout all season. All the games that I were at, they had a great turnout. So I, hopefully next season we can get you out to one of those. You can yeah. see that environment. Um, and, and then to beat LA for the first time, to be given a golden ticket effectively to get into the playoffs. Um, and they didn't waste that because they could have, yeah. yeah, they could have not hit those marks that yeah, they exactly. needed to hit. If you hit so. the four tries and you lost and it's like, okay, then I'd maybe be a little bit upset. But you hit the four tries and you won, so it didn't matter. I'm excited for this. this I mean, like exciting. like you look at it, house money, you get to it doesn't you get to go to play Houston, who you actually beat the last time you played them. Uh, it's not in Houston, granted, so it's a it's a, gonna be on the road, which isn't always easy. Um, but I don't know. You look at this team that's won, I believe, what the last two, they they've got the play. You're a team that's loose. Like we've, like I say too, with playoffs and going into it, you're the team that's hot. You never want to play the team that's hot, and you don't have anything to worry about. I don't know. I, I it could be a very exciting season. I'm excited for that. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But so, uh, where we finish at record wise, points wise, and when is that game? Uh, we're at a nine and seven record, as you mentioned, fourth in Western Conference with 46 points. And looking ahead is June 12th at the Houston Sabercats. That's a 6 p.m. So like you said, they have nothing to lose. Hopefully they take that fight and that grit with them. And let's see how far they can go. Also, before we move on, I think Sabercats is a much better name than the last two teams that we were talking about. Gilgronis and Giltini. I got somebody <laughs> uh, who on Twitter was like, I was excited to see that an LA team was playing a professional game. And then I saw it was Giltinis and I was pissed. Mm. I was like, oh, I don't know how we feel about that consensusly, but having a professional team named after a drink, two of them, two in the two same league. Two of them. Sabercats. Which one was cool. first? Do we know? I don't know. I think they all came in at the same time. I know really? LA won it all last year, so I'm, okay. we're still working on MLR rules. I apologize, but so that I don't know. I was excited. That's the most excited I am amongst our teams this week. Mm-hmm. I, that's you know, and then we didn't have a technical player of the game. Give it, give it to everybody on that damn team. That's exciting. I mean, so we'll look forward to that this upcoming week. And with that being said, we move over to our stars of the week here. A name that. Uh, we said a lot about in the Mariners uh, section. I went with a Eugenio Suarez. I just think that this is a guy that I've kind of been hard on this year because I, you know, as a guy that has, it felt like we knew what we were getting with him. He's a three outcome guy. It's probably going to be a homer or a strikeout. Just doesn't seem like too much of an upside. A guy that's got a pretty decent contract, so you can't ship him off really. And I, I admit, I, I was. Maybe could have been nicer. Skeptical. Skeptical is a good word. Thank you. Um, and at least this past week has been turning around at the plate. He's been pretty solid defensively all season. And like I said, if you're able to look at last year's lineup or even even yeah, last year's lineup and know that you're better, that's that's a win in my book. Obviously, there's a lot of things to improve with this ball club, but yes, that's one place to start. He also blows some gnarly bubblegum bubbles. And that's uh, you. Do you want to get your hair dyed like him? <laughs> I mean, do we, do we I have might. that? We'll is see that where in, the season goes. Is that in the maybe. photo? You don't want to have have it like that? We'll see how the season hey, goes. What going, if we... I'll, I'll dye half of my head like that. We'll do that. You guys can hold me to that, too. If he keeps playing well, we'll, we'll do that. But 
Uh, we'll go to your pick here. You went with uh, Tyler Lawrence, France. <laughs> you did it. You name him. dropped him. I hope oh he my gosh. See this. I'm sorry, Ty. <laughs> so, yes, as Jug said, I went with Ty France. And the main part of me going with Ty was the consistency. So, on the first, he had two hits and an RBI in the win against the Orioles. On the second, he had three more hits. Um, and that was Wednesday's game against the Orioles where he went three for four in unfortunately a loss. But um, on yesterday's game, he was one for five with a solo home run in the oh. extra. Yeah, yeah that, that homer was what actually kicked off the comeback it because was. Eugenio's double, great two runs. But also that you can't discount, I'm not going to say it again, Ty hitting that solo homer to lead off the inning. Exactly. Because you get that, Eugenio hits a two-run, and then he didn't score after that. So you could have just hit the uh, get the double, and then it wouldn't have mattered. Right. There so after... They play the, into each other. There you go. Yeah. yeah. After the interview there, or after the game, um, J-Rod was on an interview, and he said that France really was the one to, like, kickstart everything for them that game and just kind of fire up the team. So... I think just like his consistency, his average being at 0.330 still, there's, I mean, we can't say enough about this guy. He pops up almost every week. So, yeah, just super appreciative to have him on the team. Yeah. And, you know, we'll wrap it up with the same thing and the appreciation, obviously, this bad boy here. I mean, that's still pretty cool to see. So to be on a Emmy winning platform here at Converge, it's like, like I've said several times to be a small part of such an incredible feat is uh, really honor uh, to be around the people that were here, you know, Bell and I, Salman, before we go, going to put this back, look at that guy, look at that guy. Uh, and then getting the sort of original team yeah. that started with Converge here. So, you know, it's excited. Always, yeah, it's always nice because we, we thank Salman who does so much for us, obviously. But then there's um, Amari who, like, does, we don't mention too much. And Guys he's obviously a part of the team. Yeah. Yep. And again, I wanted to have Big O here with us, but he's a modest man. So we'll, we'll continue on with our lives. With that being said, we'll see you uh, next week for the second week of June. The Mariners have an important series to play for a few series. Mm -hmm. Seahawks continue with their mini camp. The Storm look to end their two-game losing streak. The Sounders get back into play. Maybe we'll learn some things about the Kraken. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> the Rain will look to bounce back from their loss. The Seawolves are in the playoffs, baby. That's all that, all that really That's matters. That's all that matters, yeah. <laughs> uh, and with that being said, we'll see you next week uh, for another episode of Circling Seattle Sports. Until then, do whatever you can to make today a great day. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.